gorgeous Georgian goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes are back with another great show, ready to talk some MMA with you for the next hour or so. We have a couple of guests. Eddie Wineland, the recently retired Eddie Wineland. He's a former WEC champ. He just competed for the last time at UFC on ESPN 37 this past weekend in Austin, Texas. Also, we got Adrian Yanez, who won on that card that Eddie Wineland unfortunately lost that. He's a, a big winner, man. He took over the mic, too. That was an in-state performance there amongst his fellow Texans against a guy who became a heated rival because of the things he said against Brazil. So I'm sure Brazil was cheering him on as well. Vicious, vicious KO of Tony Kelly. So we'll talk to Adrian Yanez as well. Now, there's some news to cover. And, of course, we'll glance over some of these cards that are coming up this weekend. We got PFL 5 2022. It's the second go-round there of the regular season. Last chance to make an impact and get some points and get into the playoffs. That's the only way you can win a million bucks. Bellator 282 we're at with Musasi, Gegard Musasi, one of their best fighters. He's the middleweight champion. He's going to be defending against Johnny Eblen. And then finally, the UFC, of course, UFC comes strong on Saturday. Late night start for them, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. It's UFC on ESPN 38, I believe. <laughs> they call it so many different things. It's also headlined by uh, Sarukian versus Gamro. So those are some stud lightweights there that some of you may not have heard of because if you'll notice, the Eastern Europeans, they are starting to take over a little bit, but to have them in the main event slot, that's not that's not the norm. Anyway, we'll go all over all of those cards or at least the main fights from that card because it is a stack show. Ready to start MMA Junkie Radio on a Thursday, June 23rd. Goes, there's no time to mess around, man. So we'll get into some of these cards. But how about Ali Abaziz saying Habib Nurmagomedov could take down Israel Adesanya and defeat him? I think he may have even said in in three rounds. You know, when he when I read it, I'm like, come on, I, 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 wait a minute. He does yeah. have a committed wrestling game, you know, and he's a strong lightweight. I could see him maybe getting that one takedown, but can he get the others and? You know, he's not Jan Blahovich either. You know, like he he may not have the size. I think a lot of it had to do with size. Robert Whitaker wrestled as well. He had uh, some troubles getting and keeping Israel Adesanya t- down. Uh, Ali's a nut. He cracks me up. But this one did have me thinking. I had the exact reaction you did. Um, here's the thing. I think where he screwed up is he shouldn't have said three rounds. Because in my eyes, he can't survive three rounds with Israel Adesanya. Um, if he's going to get that takedown, it's got to be early, and he's just got to—he's got to move position really quick and go for a submission, right? And so I can only see that happening in round one. After that, I just—I'm just not—I'm just not, not convinced that Habib can get him down three times. And if he didn't, then that means he stood a whole round. With Israel Adesanya, and that ain't gonna happen. He's gonna get KO'd. So the only way I could see it happening 
is in round one, a quick submission after he gets him down right away. But uh, it's not as crazy as it sounds like the first time you read it. But then at the same time, I mean, you're asking a lot, man, especially out of a guy that's been retired. He's got to do what Chell Sonnen did to Anderson Silva. Just take him down, take him down, take him down. Now, Chell Sonnen, I remember, landed a few punches on Anderson Silva, which mixed things up a little bit. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I you know, it, it was fun for thought. A few weeks ago, he, I think he said that Kamaru Usman could just move the light heavyweight and uh, capture that title, too. That one I thought was a little bit more far-fetched because I still consider them light heavyweights heavyweights in a way. They're just um, they're heavyweights that like to to run in the mornings. You know what I mean? They're not the big barrel-chested heavyweights. They're the tall, lanky guys. But, um, yeah, man, I, I, I mean, all respect to Usman. He's a stud, but that, that, that's a tough, tough recipe there to – I mean, he, that means he's got to take down Glover. Or, sorry, not Glover. Now it's Yuri Prochaska, you know? Um, yeah. or strike with Yuri Prochaska, like that's that's just some big cats. Um, he did say one thing though, I got to give him credit. He said, Henry Cejudo's the best combat sports athlete ever. I do agree with him. He's taking some shit for that one. I do agree with him though, because of the gold medal in wrestling and then two titles in MMA with two title defenses in two different weight classes. Hell yeah, I don't even know that it's close. I really don't even know that it's close. I, I think that that's clear cut. He is that guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I have a lot of love for Hendo. He was an Olympian, but not a gold medalist. Kayla Harrison has two Olympic gold medals and a world championship gold medal and has one MMA uh, belt. So, you know, she might she might throw her hand up and say, I can't you know, include me in the argument. But um, I miss the days of having Ali in the studio for two hours. We, it, would, yeah. it was funny just the the stuff we would write down. All right, folks. So listen. Oh, and one other thing goes, Tommy Fury versus Jake Paul. That one's set. I know it's not MMA. I know our website catches grief over it, but people comment on it. People comment on it. And because he's rubbed elbows up against MMA and because he's been doing it all week with this whole Nate Diaz thing and Dana White even saying, hey, you know what? Maybe they should just go fight. It's news, fellas. <clears throat> Yeah, um, this is a fight, though, that I, I see Jake Paul winning easily. Um, I think he's going to win. Tommy Fury? Yeah, I think I've seen a little bit of Tommy Fury. I'm not that impressed. Um, I think Jake Paul wins this one. All right, that's fair. I, at least we know that the guy's got boxing matches, though. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. uh, he's not facing someone that's, you know, a former wrestler who who worked on his hands during his MMA career or whatever. I think this is definitely a step up for him, and they've been going at it. So this will be a good one. But, yeah, I can already see the Nate Diaz stuff right around the corner. And, and I couldn't believe Dana was – it looked like he was just so frustrated with it. He was like, yeah, yeah, that would be a good fight. They should just go do it. And so right away Nate Diaz was like, well, send the release, bitch. I thought that was odd because I, I thought the next question should have been, so you're going to let it happen? You know, like, I don't know. I thought, I yeah. thought that was odd that we didn't get that. Yeah. Let's go in order here. PFLs this weekend. Oh, I'm sorry. Look, our, our – our guest is ready to go goes we're gonna go with adrian yanez who got a win this past weekend at ufc on espn 37 over tony kelly a lot went into this we'll cover all of it we didn't get a chance to to talk to him pre-fight so i'm anxious to fire off some uh, questions pertaining to the fight and you know me man we might just get into anything so uh let's get to it 
What is going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes are back with another MMA superstar. Now we get to talk to Adrian y- uh, Yanez, a bantamweight in the UFC, who is now 5-0 and in UFC proper. Got the Contender Series thing going on, nine in a row. Four of those have been finishes in the UFC. Very, very impressive. His last victim is Tony Kelly at UFC on ESPN 37 this past weekend in Austin, Texas. You brought the house down, Adrian. Great, great performance all around. Man, thank you so much, man. It was absolutely fun. It was an absolute blessing, man. It, it was a dream, man. That that was a moment that I'm never, ever going to forget, man, That because that was like my first time fighting in the UFC in front of fans and in my home state. That Everything just fell into place, and I love it. It's going to be hard to go to the Apex now, right? Yeah, it is going to be hard, but, you know, I would go back if they want to main event me in the Apex. So I think that would be pretty dope. But, you know, I do love I do love the fans. I do love the fans that 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 was just an unreal reaction. I haven't I, I had that experience was just something crazy for me. I was like, holy shit, like I need this again. See, that's just it. I felt like you graduated to an arena star. I'm not going to go so far as to say superstar we're getting there (laughs) right but you're an arena star that thrives off the crowd and the crowd connects so i thought i'll give you nine and a half out of ten that last little point half point that i may subtract is because somewhere in there i know you're a company man and you recoil and and you want to you know flow go with the flow (laughs) sometimes that Hey, whatever they want, Sean and Mick. No, no, yeah. no, don't say that. It's what you want. <laughs> You're calling the shots. You just blasted somebody, and everyone's sitting there foaming at the mouth, pouring beers on each other because <laughs> that's what they go for is for that type of carnage, and you provided it. So don't be a nice guy at that no, point. Yeah. Tell us what you want, who you want, <laughs> where you want, when you want it. If it's if it's bare knuckle, if it's in an alley with bats, whatever it is, we are in. You got that, young man? Oh yeah, I got that, man. I love it, man. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, and I felt I felt like right after, man. I I got I got right after that small little thing. I was like, man, because I have a hit list, man. I have the hit list, man. People have been calling me out. I got three people who called me out, so I was like, I knocked one off the list. So I got two left. I got Nate Manis and uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley, but they both got fights booked, so uh, that kind of threw a wrench in my plans. So you know, it is what it is. Yeah, but those fights are coming up soon. You know, it's not like your fight is. This is the NFL. You don't have something scheduled for this Sunday, right? Oh, so yeah. you have a little bit of time to decompress, mess around with Little Man a little bit more. Congratulations, obviously. Um, and you know, soak up this victory. Keep fine-tuning your game. O'Malley, you know, he's got a fight coming up, and if he gets through it, boy, a lot of people want to see that collision course. And if you have someone else on your hit list, great, you know. But like I say, I can tell that connection, man. Um, And and Dana watches that stuff. Dana watches that stuff. So trust me, when he watches this, he's going to probably go, shit, those guys from Junkie are doing me a favor. He wants those stars. He wants that magnetic connection between fans and fighter. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I I agree with that. I agree with that too. You know, so uh, for me, I got I felt like just that night, that whole night was just like filled up with like me just getting all the love in the world from Texas. So you know, I definitely know Dana White knows that I'm loved in Texas. So he would one hundred percent would want to bring me back to to Dallas, Houston, El Paso, San Antonio, back to back to Austin again. You know, so yeah, man, they know I'm a drawing. I'm a drawing Texas. Hell yeah. And then even at the post fight where I liked it was you kind of made up for it a little bit when they asked you about the best hands in the division. It seemed like you were like, okay, you know, because 
the bantamweights, man. I, I imagine all of you respect each other, and and it's a fraternity. You know, I remember Aljamain Sterling said some nice things about your hands. You know, but I liked it when you said, you know what, fuck it. This is the guy. I got the nicest hands or whatever. So I really love that moment. Um, you know, but man, I, I'm telling I'm telling you, you ticked so many boxes. It was an outstanding performance, and and it just needs to be said over and over how much you popped on Saturday night and the steps that you took. You're also going to be uh, uh, making a, another splash into our USA Today Sports Anime Junkie Rankings. I wanted that to reveal that personally to you as well. Oh, shit. Nice. I love it, man. Hell yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Dude, I fucking love this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey how, how's the paypal is how's the paypal any money coming in from brazil oh man uh no uh gilbert burns sent me some cash and that was amazing yeah he, he held up on his end i tried not to accept it at first but you know he went on twitter was like hey guys Giannis isn't accepting it uh get get him uh get him to accept it and then next you know I just, my phone just started blowing up and i was like all right gilbert here's my banking information <laughs> so i was like yeah he sent me some money i was like damn all right, cool. Is that, was, is, that, was is that a private number or can you share? I'm keeping that private, man. If he wants to, if he wants to share it, he can share it. But I'm not, I'm not releasing that information. Three, three zeros. That's definitely three zeros. <laughs> Gilbert Burns comes strong. Wow, this meant yeah. a lot to him too. Yeah, All right. yeah, it meant, it meant an absolute lot to him. Yeah, I'll, I'll get. I'll, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'm he not left, giving yeah, no, left, no clues. That's cool. No clues. No more clues. That's, that's cool. It. He left it at that, folks. So that means it could even be more. Who knows? But that 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 right then and in, in, in itself is is uh fun, fun stuff. You know, it a lot of people kind of talk a big game and and you know, some pull back or whatever. But wow, Gilbert Burns, it really meant a lot to him. He came through. I remember Chris Cyborg at the same time. She, you know, she was a little hurt by it and everything. And and hopefully Tony can um get past this you know and oh, he's he's, he, doubling, he, he's doubling down man he's doubling down man as he yeah man i've I seen uh seen a whole bunch of people been like sharing sharing uh twitter pictures with me and just being like showing some of his comments the saying you know it's like it's not not the not the best thing you can probably be saying he's like yeah. saying yeah no nah, i was like i'm not gonna, i'm not gonna repeat it that a lot of these people can go on twitter and start looking at the the responses that he's been putting on uh on instagram comments and yeah yeah, yeah you know so like uh yeah, no, I don't like that and guy see, at all. I, I thought when it was over, it looked like he shook your hand and like it was, you know, putting that to rest. But I, I guess that's not it. So yeah, no, he's, um, he's he's steadily talking. He's steadily talking shit on uh, on Instagram on stories. I'm just responding to him. That's pretty much it. He's initiating this. I'm just responding. So I'm not trying to go out my way to be shitty person, but I'm, he's making it super easy for me to do that. So, uh, yeah, so. Psh- yeah, he's he's I don't know, man. You know, I hope he's in a good mental place. You know, that 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 you know, he's probably still a little delusional, you know. So, you know, it is what it is, man. I don't want to kick him while he's down, but dude's just making it so easy, man, because he's just talking a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this now. Um, so we're talking about Sean O'Malley, and then there's other fighters, you know, ranked above him. But do you feel like you're at championship level yet, or can you recognize there's still maybe a level or two more that you need to reach? Before you start slanging and banging like Derek Lewis, fellow Texans like to, fellow Texan likes to say with yeah. Aljo, Jan, and the rest. Oh no, hundred percent. Like I, I feel like there's there's another level to be reached, and I want to reach that level because I want to make sure whenever I get that spot, 
like I take that and I run with it and I just keep running until the to the wheels fall off, man. Because I want to make sure that I'm ready and I don't want to I don't want to jump jump too far ahead of my uh, jump jump in the deep end whenever I'm barely learning how to swim. So like I'm I'm good, like I'm good, but at the same time. I, there's a lot of learning I need to do, you know, so, uh, you know, I'm already the best with boxing already best hands in the division. I'm one for one on that. Uh, you know, now just start to make, make, uh, less mistakes. Cause I still am making rookie mistakes. And I like, I watched that fight. I watched even with that fight with Tony Khan, I'm making a rookie mistake. And I'm just like, I, I'd look at it. I'm just like, man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta work on this shit. Like I gotta work. Um, also this is a part of me being a little bit too like, man, fuck, like, uh, I'm I'm striving for perfection. I know I'm never going to reach it, but I'm always striving for perfection. So it's also kind of like me just like looking at it and be like, nah, like I, there's, there's more work I need to be doing. So, uh, I got the coaches in front of me that I got the right coaches in front of me. That's going to help me, help me, uh, help me get there. And whenever I get there, man, I want to take it. I want to run with it. I want to make sure I get so many title defenses and all that stuff. So, uh, uh, make sure I set myself up, my family up and everything else up. So man, yeah, no, when I get there, I'm telling you, I'm gonna get there and I'm, I'm, going to step on the scene i want to break records what about the actual progression of how your career has gone do you feel like that has gone 100 like if we were to go back to your first fight would you be happy if we told you this is where you're at and this is how many fights you've had i honestly would be like holy shit i got there that like i, I feel like it just it just happened like i feel like it was going faster than what than what I expected it to be like, if I'm being hundred percent honest with you, uh, I had to take a step back and look, look at myself and be like, damn, I really am that guy right now. So yeah, like it's still crazy to me, right. Even at this moment, but if you were to tell me whenever I made my debut that I was going to be this guy, then, uh, I would have been like, ah, dude, you're, you're a little bit nuts. You're a little bit crazy, but you know, all the hard work, all, all the sacrifices that I made, you know, and you know, look at me now, like I'm here, you know, so it's, it's pretty cool to like kind of sit back and reflect on it. Uh, but man, there's a lot more work to be done and, uh, I'm never going to be able to stop, never going to stop working. Cause man, I'm not going to get complacent. I like the number 15 next to my name, but man, you know, it looks really nice to see. Adrian, I talked about this on another segment regarding you. I feel like every time we talk to you, there's some kind of weight on your shoulders going into a fight and you know, it's not all bad, but things have happened, right? Um, you know, you, you just became a father, you, you lost your coach, Salsa Lee's. This feels like Texas is just all up on your <laughs> even Brazil, right? But it seems like you're very good at reacting to this adversity. It almost fuels you. Can you talk a little bit about that feeling when you're in the cage and what it is you feel? Man, I honestly it just like I say, I, I, man, I was actually just talking to somebody uh, like a week before fight week, and they were asking me, man, like, like how do you deal with all that pressure? Like it was just like a casual conversation. They're just asking me, like how do I do a fight? And like, isn't it so crazy? And I was like, you know what, you know what it is about being in that cage that like, that I absolutely love is every time I step in, into that cage, nothing else matters right now. Nothing else within those, within that amount of time that I'm in there, nothing else matters other than the fight, other than the problem itself. And that person's in front of you, trying to take your head off, trying to put you to sleep, trying to break a limb, trying to do something, trying to detach like your, your shoulder off, man, trying to take an arm home, trying to do something, trying to knock your head off, man. So yeah, I had to deal with that problem in front of me. Nothing else. And then like the state of Texas is not there. You know, I have Tony, I had Tony Kelly in front of me wanting to put me to sleep, wanting to cause harm to me. So 
every other problem, whatever, whatever BS or just anything in general that was there is now gone because I have to worry about this problem. Cause if I start thinking about that problem, I'll start thinking about problems uh, outside the cage while I'm in the cage, I'm getting fucked up. So <laughs> man, I had, I had to sit down. I had to dial in. I had to focus because at the end of the day, whenever I'm in there and I'm just thinking about the person in front and like the problems that I had to assess at that moment, I feel free, man. Like there's no other problem that matters to me. And right after I'm done, it's just like, whoo, yeah, man, shit. Like no, nothing else really matters right now, man. I just get to go see my family, get to chill, do all that. And then, you know, it is what it is after that. But man, I love it, man. It's just, it's such a cool feeling. Cause man, it's like, uh, like, man, <laughs> it's just such a cool feeling. George broke the news to you about you entering our rankings there on MMA Junkie. So I'm going to break to you. You've also entered my rankings on Wordle. As far as fighters <laughs> go, I know you're one of the top guys at Wordle. It seems like every day you're getting it. Um, what's your go-to word? How do you start your, your thing off? <laughs> I got like two or three go-to words. My first go-to word was train. Uh my first go-to word was train. And then after that, I've been using a word like great. And uh, I think this past one, uh, man, I think it was group I used. So, yeah, like it, it just depends. Like, I, I, man, I I try to stick with those three at least. Uh, so, you know, I could try to at least hit all my hit all my vowels like immediately. So <laughs> if I knock everything out, like, I, man, I'm strategic with this, man. I'm like, no. Okay, so now I know it doesn't have an E, A, R, and all that stuff immediately. And I'm like, all right, cool. It, it narrows everything down for me. I have a strategy the way I go to it. And, man, whenever I'm on the sixth try, I'm just like, I get the finally get the word. I'm like, I'm an idiot. That sh- I should have known that that was the word. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, man, I, I, I love Wordle just because it's just like another thing, like another thing I can get competitive at. And, you know, I'm the best Wordle player in the UFC, and no one can, no one can uh, top me at that right now. So, yeah. You know, I think Israel Adesanya was playing it for a little bit, but he stopped playing. But I've been more consistent. So, you know, I am I am the Wordle champ here. <laughs> I like it. Wow. We're making Wordle interesting. Did you do today's yet? Or <laughs> Oh, no, not yet. Not yet, man. As soon as I got up, I was like, man, what am I going to be doing today? I got my son ready, took him. Then uh, after that, I went to go get I actually first time in a while. I got my car clean. So I was like, yeah, got home. Uh Cleaned up all them Dr. Peppers and Jack in the Box and all that. Oh, yeah, bro. Like, I got my my Dr. Pepper Dark Berry right now. So I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, trust me. I'm living life life right now. And Wordle is probably going to be done sometime within the next hour or two. So, yeah, I'm I'm ready for it. You know, I'm playing. I'm I'm playing a friend of mine. We're calling it golf. If you get it in one, it's a hole in one. If you get it in two, it's an eagle. If you get it in three, it's a birdie. (laughs) If you get it in four, it's par. If you get it in five, it's a bogey. If you get it in six, it's a double bogey. And then if you don't get it, it's a triple bogey. So I don't know if those golf terms make sense to you. Um, he's beating me. But, uh, man, prior to us adapting this format, I used to hang tough with him. I used to think I was pretty good. But, man, I, I don't think I want any part of Adrian Yanez. Uh, do you get it? Have you ever gotten it in two? Uh, two, yeah. I get it in two. Uh Man, uh, I got I. It's like uh, I think I saw in the stats. I get, it's like at uh, I'm at a like eighteen percent on two. So I get it, I get it, but not as much as I want to. I think on three and four, on three yeah. and four, I'm like at closer to like the forty percent, the forty percent. 
So damn, check yeah. you out. All right. Yeah. So I'm 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 up there, man. Like I I have a really good way of just like narrowing it down, and then uh, the ones that throw me for a loop are the double letters, man. Like if they have like if the if the wordle day is loose, like I'm just like I'm just losing my mind because I'm like it double letters will throw me off, you know. So uh, that's the part that that will like it is it is a little difficult at times when they have double letters. You got in a hole in one. Uh man, not yet. Okay, so oh, I fucked up. Me neither. Time. I've gotten I two, used, and I've been pretty happy. So my but, go-to uh, word, my go-to word was train, and that day I happened to go with another go-to word, and I used great. And then the the my third go around, I was like, is it really this? And I put train. And I was like, that my my first go-to word, and I didn't use it. I could have got a hole in one, and I was so upset with myself. I was like, this is this is this is bullshit. I know, man. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'll ever get one. See, that's the thing. If you use a word, a key word, you probably eliminate yourself from ever getting a hole in one. Um, but if you try different ones, um, then you have a better shot at it, but then you put yourself in a terrible position to start doing the elimination process. I'll, I'll clue you guys in here before people start getting pissed off at us because we're not talking about <laughs> MMA and, and knockouts. Um, I saw something on YouTube, and it was some chick who was like a savant, like super smart. And I remember she was like filing her nails or doing something as she explained Wordle. So you could just tell she was a genius, right? But guess what she came up with, guys? If you're going to start off with, it's T-H-U-R-L, Thurl. There used to be a basketball player named Thurl Bailey. But prior to that, I've never heard the word Thurl. But I guess it is a word. And she says that uh, word is your best starting word. She explained it. I'm sure if you Google YouTube, Wordle, Thurl, maybe this chick will pop up. And I can't remember if she was filing her name. Her nails, doing her taxes, planting. I don't know, but she was busy doing something as she explained it. But um, I've tried Thurl a few times. But like I say, unless you'll never get the hole in one if you always put Thurl, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, I get it, man. I uh, There was one uh, like a couple days ago, like a couple days ago that like threw me for a loop. And I cacao? Was just, was it cacao or whatever? No, it wasn't cacao. I actually got that one. I, got I that hated one, like, that one. Before. I never heard of no cacao. That sounded oh, yeah. like something like... Like a you know hot chocolate in Brazil or something like that. What, yeah, what the hell's so, cacao? So, yeah, no, they 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 used primo. Yes, they used primo, and I'm like, I I correlate that in Spanish. I'm like, I never heard that in English. So I'm just like, what? Like I started losing my shit. I was like, oh, so now we're throwing Spanish words in this? Thing? Like, what, what what's going on here, guys? Like, I think bro. people say like, ooh, that is primo, as in it's good or something like that. Ah, okay. Well, you know, I'm gonna have to quality, look that word I guess. Up, man. You know, I'm gonna have to look that up because I I call I called bullshit. <laughs> Thank you, New York Times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, hey, let's talk about another interesting thing. It looked like you have linked up with Eve Edwards. I saw you. I heard you drop his name. He's a good friend of our show. We've known him for a while. Um, man, a quality person and one hell of a fighter. You know, at one point, arguably, even though there's not a UFC belt, uh, you know, to his name, but at, at one point when that division was in its infancy stages, and it, you know, they they really hadn't really gone that route because I don't know if you know the history of it. They they tried to get a champ. They well, they had one, and then they it kind of went away, and then they tried again, and it went away again, and then they finally started with Sean Shirk. Um, but Eve Edwards at one point was was the number one lightweight in the world, man. 
Oh yeah, man. Yeah, working with working with you is man is the guy is just like man. He's he's super precise in what he says and super and what he wants. Just to, just in like the technician part in general, man. Like he's he's a mastermind. He's like he's he knows a lot. He's very knowledgeable, man. And I I man, I commend this. I commend him a lot because he was man. Again, he worked with my coach back in the day, so uh, it, it was so easy for me to work with them because, man, that just the familiar familiarity and all that stuff. Right. So that was, yeah, that made it so much easier. For, like, man, I instead of going with somebody else who, you know, I I looked back and had to work with them a couple of days and be like, man, I don't think this guy really knows his shit. Uh, but at least with Eve Edwards, I knew he knew his shit, and then also at the same time we had the same lineage and like training. So it was just like, Oh, okay. Like I, he knows, uh, he knows that if he were to ask me to do something, I can do it. So he's like, it's, it's super easy. It was just kind of like almost like a two puzzle pieces fitting together. And that was a perfect fit. What was the after party? Like if you had one or just your group of friends, you know, everybody that came to your fight, what, what was that setting like afterwards, man? It must've been pretty special. It was pretty special. Like uh, we went to, I went to the hotel room and uh, got got with my family. Uh, got with my family was able to be, be there with them for a little bit before I had to go to a, an after party at Little Woodrow's, and that was almost like a, like work for me as well too, because uh, I was meeting nothing but fans. Like fans want to take pictures, and I was just man again. Like I love taking pictures with fans. Like it's it's so cool. Like just to see that people like are like. Uh, watching me fight and they're like so excited down there like i think that's super cool as well because i used to be that guy too so uh yeah no that that that's that was super cool for me so uh on on that end you know like that was that was work uh, it did get a little bit like uh you know a little bit crazy towards the end uh you know not uh not 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 the good type of crazy but you know uh yeah i mean yeah, i'm probably just gonna leave it at that uh, 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 uh. But you, you, you piqued our interest. Well, what happened? Did the street uh, nah, break out? Uh, oh no, it was just uh just uh just uh an older guy just starts uh talking shit towards the end of the night, you know. To he you? Got yeah. He started Why like, would he do that? He was already kicked out. He was already kicked out. He was name dropping, trying to say he was with me and all that stuff, but uh uh they kicked him out and he's all, all you hear through the uh through the fences like fuck you yanez and i'm just like whatever bro whatever wow yeah, somebody was bro. trying to rain on your parade huh yeah man he, he, yeah not not a good look my friend not a good look yeah i mean that was your night you know that that's just not the night to do it but um yeah. you, you didn't know him huh oh no i know him <laughs> oh you know, know him. him oh okay i know him yeah that's so that's that's like i'm i'm gonna leave it at that because that sound was dead <laughs> Yeah. Got it. Got it. All right. Cool. <laughs> Sorry we pushed you, man. That stuff intrigues us. Oh. See, when we used to have our studio at Mandalay Bay, when the fighters were coming through, we would always ask them to share a good street fight story. We haven't done that since 2020 because we had yeah. to clear the studio out in, uh, in, in 2020. We haven't been really back on a consistent basis to hear these stories. And, uh, and, and something tells me, man, that in Texas, they get down pretty good. And I'm sure you got a couple. So one, hopefully one day we can pick. You know, pick oh, your uh, your. Yeah, that uh, would be a good one. I do, I do have a good one that I'd be able to tell you, but you know that that's for that time. <laughs> that's for that time. All right, hey, thank you so much for letting us catch up with you post fight. Congrats again, man. Congrats on the outstanding performance. 
the connection that you made with the fans and and i just see these big big uh days ahead of you as a contender and your road to the title man so good luck with all that man thank you so much man thank y'all for having me on man y'all y'all always y'all are always fun to like to jump on with man i love this like y'all don't ever have to like like i'm telling you it's a yes every single time y'all y'all like y'all come around like yes 100 man thank, thank y'all. you i love we it i love it feelings yeah. mutual love we love having you on as well man all right y'all take have care a good one. all right we'll see you adrian well hell goes one up me wordle i never thought we would be chatting about wordle on an mma interview I think he takes it more serious than he does his fighting career, dude. Every day he's got like some kind of strategy and he's that he's talking about and he's putting things up. <laughs> it's really funny, man. It cracks me up. Yeah. And I know you guys may, may have thought I was bullshitting, but Thurl is the best way to start Wordle. T-H-U-R-L, just like I mentioned in the interview. Have All you right. used it? I tried using it. It didn't really work. I have, yeah. And it didn't really open things up for me, you know, but I guess it's just the... Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to explain it. See, there is a website that said that has all the words that have ever been used on Wordle, and I think the lady threw that into the equation. And by the way, that was probably a hundred days ago. So maybe by now there's another word that's that's you know maybe the Wordle people saw that and are trying to stifle her. Who knows? But her breakdown's interesting. One day I'll find it and I'll tweet it. All right, goes so. This weekend's pretty jam-packed. On Friday, we got PFL 5 2022. Sometimes I wish they would just call it, like, something else. PFL 5 2022. Because there was a PFL 5 in 2021. Um, and then your headline bout is Bruno Capeloza versus Matthias Schaffel. At least that's how it's listed on Topology. Man, why would you do that when you got a stud like Anthony Pettis who's facing a former UFC veteran, Stevie Ray, you know, on the same card. Like, I thought that's why you got Pettis, so that people that are watching ESPN, they can go, oh, I remember that guy, the Showtime kick, WEC champ, UFC champ. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I really can't. I mean, the only thing I could think of is maybe Ray Safo's a bigger dude. You know, he just believes in the bigger dudes need to be up there, but they haven't always done that. So, I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, there's some really, really good fights and fighters that are, and fun fighters that are on the card. You should tune in. The fight card is Friday, so tomorrow, June 24th. ESPN has you covered for the main event. ESPN Plus has you covered for the prelims. Bruno Capeloza, that's a light, excuse me, heavyweight who's competing against Matthias Scheffel. And then it's some uh, lightweight action as well with Anthony Pettis and Stevie Ray kind of finishing up what happened last week. Hannon Fajeda's back. He's the one that beat uh, Fabrice Verdum last year. But then, if you'll recall, he got overturned which I'm not sure I agreed with it. I'll have to go back. I remember there was something about that where I was like, hmm, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Chris Wade, one of our favorites, he's on the card as well, as is Bubba Jenkins, Lance Palmer, Brendan Lochning. So check it out. Um, not, what I did notice goes with some late fill-ins, man. Maurice Green and Juan Adams from the UFC, recently from the UFC. I guess they already were able to get in there. Yeah. Yeah, no, you know, when you look at this card top top to bottom, it's fun. Like there's always a name in there that that keeps you interested. So I'm definitely gonna tune in. I love I love the PFL, dude. I do too. I really do. And uh I like their announcers, they make it fun. It looks like they're just having a blast there. And uh that's kind of what I like is a I do like a, a serious tone, but I also like it when when the guys are having fun, which is what I think DC and Anik do a good job of. 
Um, and so does Randy and Sean and, and Kenny and Morrow. So anyway, um, that same night, Gegard Musasi against Johnny Eblen for the Bellator Middleweight Championship. Big, big fan of Gegard Musasi. He's fought at middleweight, light heavyweight, and heavyweight. I think he's a stud. And I really like his effort attitude the last five years or so. So uh, this will be great for him, except he, he's facing a guy that's undefeated. So that guy's coming in full of confidence. And then also there's some continuation there of the Bantamweight Grand Prix in Magomed Magomedov versus Enrique Barzola. Yeah. Now Bellator, um, you know, main event's probably not the, the most intriguing. It doesn't solve things in the world or anything like that. But, hey, man, I mean... Anytime you get to see Gegard Mousasi and you kind of see like his influence over that division. Like when you talk about the greatest middleweight on the planet, you have to sort of throw his name in that conversation. So the more he can keep winning, the more he can do that. Um, but I love, I love ever since he became Darth Gegard Mousasi, where he just stopped giving a fuck and, and started coming at people. That's the Gegard Mousasi I like. Yeah, same here. And you're right, because you can't say, well, how would he do in the UFC? He's beaten a lot of good guys in the UFC, and he's been doing this for a long time. Also, Alejandro Lara's back. Kat Zingano's back. Uh, Brent Primus is back. So some some Bellator homegrown talent, along with some popular names, you know, that, that have come over from the UFC. By the way, Kat Zingano said, they never offered me Chris Cyborg but if we fight, we got to get tested. And then she went to fa- so far as to say, I've never even been tested. And I'm like, what? Like, I thought for sure at least Bellator had the, f- the day of the day, day of the fight testing. Because um, mm-hmm. that almost brings me back. Like, I feel like we're going back 20 years here when that gets brought up. You know what I mean? Because I, I applaud the UFC for what they do with USADA. And we got to have some form of testing, zero testing that would be disappointing. But I remember back in the day, remember Johnny and... And uh, GSP, you know, they enhanced a lot of testing or whatever they were arguing over and and they were um, negotiating. Remember those days? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's pretty odd. And I'm shocked that Kat Zingano, knowing that the UFC is kind of not an option, and then coming over to Bellator, uh, she's ruffling some feathers early on, isn't she? Well, that, I mean, I mean, I like that she's standing up for herself. Uh, she did lift a little bit of the you know, the curtain and, and let us know about z- zero testing was just a big surprise. Um, especially with them being in Connecticut and that's run by Mike, the Mike Mazzuli guy, who's a big presence in uh, mixed martial arts. And when it comes to regulation, so we need to have some testing. I'm going to have to, I hope our guys can follow up on that and clarify that maybe she feels like there's just been no additional testing, but there has been, uh, night of testing. I mm-hmm. see your point in terms of, hey, I'll fight Cyborg or whatever, you know, but we got to have some sort of testing. But, you know, that's that's also with an accusation and you're accusing someone that's been in the sport for a long time and has gone, undergone a lot of testing and, they, and they've also undergone USADA testing. And so, so she did have one incident, I remember, back in the day. Um, but that's like at least a decade old. But anyway, all right. The next interview is ready to go. Eddie Wineland, let's talk to him. We've talked to him many times over the years. Firefighter, former MMA fighter, 
He's just recently retired. At least we'll clarify that and make sure. But that it does appear to be the case. Former WEC champ, Eddie Weiland. What is going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes are back with another MMA superstar. It's recently retired former WEC Bantamweight champ and, of course, longtime UFC Bantamweight Eddie Wineland, who just uh, wrapped things up after what, Eddie? Like literally 20 years in the sport, right? Yeah, that's April. April would have been 20 years, and that was, that was the goal. That was what I was shooting for. Um, you know, it just... We, did, we didn't make it, and I'm fine with that. I'm content with that. It's not a big deal. Um, so here we are. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know this, but Eddie, and you'll have to update us, Eddie. We've, we haven't caught up in a little bit, but firefighter as well. So you had, you maintained two careers. We've seen that happen with quite a few MMA fighters, maybe about a dozen over the last 15 years. Yes. Are, are you still a, a firefighter? Absolutely, for the last 14 years. Okay. Yep. And uh, so now, how's that going to work? Like, were, were you kind of like on a part-time basis like Stipe Miocic was? No, no. I was, you were always full-time? Yeah, full-time paid department. Wow. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, you, now you can go back to, you know, just focusing on that, being a dad, being a husband. And, Absolutely. And, uh, and how, how does it feel? Like, I mean, that, I mean, I'm sure MMA was a passion to you, and now you're kind of done with it, and you have a few days to reflect. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of weird, honestly. It's it's like uh, I don't really know how to explain it. It's like I I don't have to wake up and go to the gym if I don't want to, um, right? And that, that's kind of that's kind of what stemmed this whole retirement thing was this whole last training camp. I mean, I, I questioned myself, not what am I doing, but I just questioned the I, I'm not having fun anymore when I when I have to go to the gym. It's not fun to me. Mm-hmm. When I want to go to the gym, I'm having a blast. You know, so it's it's before this training camp, I was going to the gym and training and helping these other guys getting ready for a fight, and that was so much fun to me. And then it's like, hey, guys, we're going to fight in June. And then all of a sudden, I have to be there. If I'm not there, then, you know, it's just there. there's other consequences for it. That's I, I just stopped having fun. You know, it, it wasn't fun to me anymore. Um 20 years, 19 and a half years, call it what you will. I mean, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of miles and there's a lot of wear on the body. And, mm-hmm. um, my, my boys, they're five and seven and all too soon. It's, it's the, their childhood is going to be a distant memory to me. And, and I, I want to, I want to be able to walk away from this sport, still being able to remember things, still being able to run around with them, with my sanity, with my physical health, with my mental health. I want to be able to, enjoy that stuff what did mma do for you like what are your lasting memories of mma because again you simultaneously had two careers and that's very impressive i i can't i like i couldn't even explain what mma has done for me when i first started fighting it was 2003 so it it, it was before it was the cool thing to do you know I, i just started fighting because i wanted to fight but i mean I never in my wildest dreams would have dreamed of being in the UFC. You know, I, I watched the UFC when I first started fighting, but it was 155 and, and above. I was walking around 143 pounds soaking wet. I'm not going to fight these guys at 155 or even attempt to. 
Um, you know, so, so like, like I said, my, my wildest dreams, I would have never expected to be sitting in the boat that I'm sitting in now retiring from the UFC. Right. Well, very, very impressive statistics because you hung a lot of skins on your wall. You know, you, <laughs> you took out a lot of cats. You had an incredible WEC run, which was the, the spot when the UFC didn't have the light away classes, the WEC, that was the place to be. And of course you wore gold there. At yes. one point, you were the inaugural champion. You had a, a impressive record in the WEC. Then everybody, of course, comes over. And like I say, you had a, a very long, decade-long UFC career. Um, give me a few memories instead of just pinning it to one. Give me a few, you know. And, and if the, maybe they all don't have to do with getting your hand raised. Maybe it was just a fan interaction or just, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe you heard about your friends getting together to – to watch you compete, them sending you videos. Sometimes it's not always about the X's and O's, but you tell me. Yeah, it's I, I, I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss a lot of it. You know, the the only thing I'm not gonna miss is the constant training, the constant beating your head against the mat and cutting weight. You know, the fight side of things and the and the the everything else that goes along with it. Like I said, the fans. Uh, you touched on the fans. Like, like some of the funnest things I've ever done were fan expos. I, right. I specifically remember at a fan expo signing for Head Rush. And I was, I think I was slotted to be there for like 90 minutes or something. And I, I remember looking at the guy and I said, Hey, uh, there's still a massive line here. Now given they're not all there just to get my autograph, but I mean, I'm there, they're, they're there. Can I stay here and sign? So I, I stayed for like an extra three hours and signed autographs. I didn't have anything else to do other than walk around. So it was kind of like, who am I to tell these, these people who support the sport and, and are the reason the support the sport is what it is that I'm not going to sign a piece of paper for them. So, um, you know, just the fan interactions and, and I mean, just all the opportunities and, and everything that was given by the UFC. I mean, we're going to fly you here. We're going to, you're going to fight over here. Just getting to fight all over the country. I mean, it, it was, it was so much fun. I mean, I'm, I'm a homebody, but it was cool to be able to fly to Texas and to fly to California and, and to go see these these different places of the country um and do what i love to do and how about this a guy that walks around at 143 15 ko's man in your career you know a lot of times they say the lightweight class they just don't carry the pop that the heavyweights and obviously there's some truth to that but most of your fights about 80 percent of your fights ended with a finish, so I think you had four or five subs, mm -hmm. but the 15 KO stands out to me, man. You you got to be pretty proud about that. There's some lead in them hands. Absolutely, you know, and it's it's everybody that I ever hit after the fight, they were always, dude. I have I've never been hit like that before. I've never I've never had a, a little guy touch me like that, and um, it's just it's all it's all in the hips, you know. I go go back to a little Happy Gilmore. It's all in the hips, you know, but. Uh, it really is. Everybody thinks because you got big, big, strong arms that you're going to hit hard. No, it's all about it's all about meeting that that target at the end of your punch and turning your hips over and, and generating enough power from the floor up. And uh, when I met my strength and conditioning coach, Jason, is when we really started turning the power up because I really started getting a heavy deadlift. And not only just a deadlift, but we started going like sumo. We would go super wide sumo deadlifts and we would go uh, super wide box squat stuff. So you're incorporating all hips rather than legs. And again, hips generate power, which knocks people out. Which one, uh, 
which one of those uh, would you say was one of your favorite? Maybe from the technique side, not because you're trying to rub somebody's <laughs> face in it, but just, you know, I mean, hey, it was a beautiful knockout. The Scott Jorgensen one stands out. I mean, mm-hmm. mainly mainly because it was just such a flush shot. It was It was one of those shots where – like a baseball player, when they hit a home run, they can tell by the feel and the sound of the bat that that's going over the fence. Yeah. When yeah. I hit Scott Jorgensen, I knew that was going over the fence. I mean, there was there was no give back. There was no push. It was just I could, you could feel him crumble. Um, you know, the, the, the Camposano, the Camposano knockout, I think, was awesome, and, and, and more so because it was a body shot. Um, you know, I, I just <laughs> I love hitting people in the head. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That one was on um, your title run to, to face Burrow, if I'm not mistaken. The the first one you described, Jorgensen, Jorgensen, tough, tough wrestler. Um, you know, to put him out like that, that that was very impressive. Think, he was I also a title contender too. Yeah, wow, this is great. Um, to you know, kind of revisit some of those days because. There's always new fans. The UFC gains different types of popularity, you know, and I I wanted to make sure everybody knew kind of like the whole uh, run that you had of almost 20 years. Again, you were the first, uh, you were the inaugural Bantamweight guy, right? Yep, yep. WC, that was Antonio Banuelos. Uh, Liddell's guy, Liddell's guy, yeah. Yeah, I think it was 2006, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And then the, the slam, remember the slam? Um, Ken Stone. Ken Stone, yeah. That, that one legitimately worried me because they, they said that mm-hmm. that guy didn't wake up. Like, he didn't move until they got him in the ambulance. You know, and, and that's that's like, oh, hey, they're great. They're giving you they're giving you your, your knockout bonus, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's cool, but is this guy okay? I mean, I right. it was like, yeah, he's okay. All right, awesome. I got money. You know? Right. But, um, that that one legitimately worried me. I, I I was worried that he wasn't. You know, he did the, the what they call the death snore. And he locked up. And he's and uh, yeah. Once once I heard he started moving again, it just took him a while. Yeah, for sure. That was definitely an all time great. Um, and so now, how do you feel about MMA in terms of like, do you want to? Will you coach someone else or corner someone else if they ask? Or do you think it'll just be a, a distant memory? You know, is it now more family time, firefighter time? Um, I, I don't want to say I'll coach. I will definitely be in the gym helping people. Um, I will definitely be in the gym just to stay relevant. I mean, let's be honest. The world's a crazy place. And who knows the next time somebody wants to try and jump you or your family, I got to be able to defend them. You know, I got mm-hmm. two little boys and a wife. So uh, I, I better remember how to throw a punch and how to how to do a takedown and um, just need to remember how to fight. But um, I'll, I'll continue to be in the gym, but at my leisure. So that way I, I can continue to have fun with it, because if I continue to force myself to go, OK, I got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go. I'm just going to hate it again. And I'm going to hate to go in just for fun. Um, I got my two little boys. They're five and seven. They're wrestling now. I coached their wrestling team last year. Well, that's cool. So, um, that's that's something that I would like to venture off into and spend more time with getting them ready, you know, because because now it's their turn. They're five and seven. Dad's 37. Dad's dad's book is is of fighting, of competing is closed. Um, and when I say competing, I may, I may do some some jujitsu competitions or some grappling competitions. I don't know. I, I have no idea what the future holds. Um, I want to focus mainly on them and getting them ready for their future endeavors. Eddie, in other professional sports, primarily team sports, 
when there is a player that plays in, in different teams, when they when it's time for them to hang them up, they often ask them, like, what jersey would you like us to put down in the record book, right? When it comes to you, do you feel more like it would be a WEC jersey that would be hanging there or a UFC oh, jersey? Golly, man, you're going to put me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Can, can, can we do a hybrid? Can we do a hybrid? Can we WEC front, UFC back, and just, like, we can put it in, in so that it's rotating? It doesn't exactly have to be flat against the wall. Um, you know, the, the WEC – um, I think is what got me where I am to the UFC. Um, but I mean, the UFC, that's cream of the crop, top of the top. Um, let's go a hybrid. Can we do hybrid? Let's just, let's just call it a hybrid. <laughs> if there was the hybrid Jersey, yeah, I would take a picture in front of the WEC side. Because some of them memories, man, that you WEC fighters produced, in that small venue, you almost, as a fan, you almost knew everybody that was in it the was, audience. WEC was, was definitely a little more intimate. It was definitely yeah. a little more intimate, um, especially now. So, you know, they, they got, I think, 600-plus people on their roster. Uh, when I when I think I got signed to the UFC, there was like three or 350. So they're, they're double the amount of people on their roster now. And, and it's just there is so many people fighting right now. It's like, oh, well. This guy and this guy's main eventing. Who, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's um, there's there's a lot of people and they're all very talented, you know. So it's it's they're all I think they're all deserving of being there. So it's just it's a whole different game. It's a whole different game than when I started. It was a special time back then, and I'll tell you something that we tell a lot of fighters when they retire: you can retire from the sport, but you can't retire from our show. We're gonna <laughs> hey, call on anytime. you for time to to talk because. Uh, yeah, man, these those were great times in the sport, and and even on our side of the, on the journalism side, just the way things were, um, you know, those were great times as well. So sure. we'll definitely call on you from time to time and yeah. relive some of all this stuff. But I did want to ask you, look, throughout your career, not not um, you know, even towards the end or towards the beginning, is there ever a matchup that eluded you, or one where if they pick up the phone right now and they go, "Guess what? This guy's <laughs> ready to go," would you go, "I gotta get that one." No, you know, I, I, um, there, there, there for a while there, I was, I was, oh, I want to fight this guy and I want to fight this guy. I want to fight this guy. Um, you know, specifically after they, after they gave me Uriah, then I was like, okay, well maybe I'll fight Benavidez. Okay. Well maybe I'll, you know, I, I wanted to fight these guys. And, um, my last few years, it just kind of been, I, I knew I was getting older. I knew the time was coming. So let's just, let's just go out there and fight whoever they got. They want, let's have some fun. Um, I don't have any regrets. I, I think I fought the top of the top. Um, I fought the number one guy at one point. I fought the number three guy at one point. Um, and th- those are all fights that I wanted. I, I didn't want I didn't want to walk away from my career and have all of these people, which all of these people, by the way, the fans are the 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 love and the support they've been showing is absolutely just just mind blowing. But I didn't want them to go. Yeah, he fought a bunch of bones. Well, Uriah Favor, Joseph Benavides, Scott Jorgensen, uh, Brad Pickett, um, you know, the, the list goes on. So I, I wanted to at least have somewhat of a resume attached to my name. And obviously we didn't win all of them, but I always showed up to win. Eddie, you mentioned earlier in the interview that you know now you don't have to go to the gym every day. You can eat what you want. I have my phone right here. What restaurant do I need to call? I tell them <laughs> Eddie Wineland's on his way. He's going to be spending more time here. 
my my diet from fight time to or from fight camp to regular just everyday eating doesn't change other than i eat pizza a little more outside of a fight camp um we don't we don't eat out a whole lot we we do a lot of cooking in um i i Honestly, I couldn't even tell you a restaurant because we, we don't go out to enough restaurants that I, I don't know. Um, we try to eat pretty clean, pretty healthy. We got a, a nice big garden, and you know we, we do everything ourselves here. What have what have the guys at the firehouse said? I mean, I'm sure you've brought them a lot of great times, a lot of great memories. That's pretty fucking cool to have a coworker <laughs> for such a long time that goes in there and gets in one of them cages. What would they say to you? Um, basically just kind of what everybody else has said, you know, congratulations, good job. Um, you know, some of them, yeah, you know, it's, it's been a long time coming or, you know, there, there's a few of them who, who always give me shit about, about my, my full-time job being my part-time job, fire being firefighting, you know, uh-huh. maybe, maybe you could take more time and focus on your part-time job now, you know, talking about the whole <laughs> firefighting thing. Um, you know, so they, they got to bust your balls, you know, it's a group of firemen, you know, if you're not, if you're not busting each other's balls, then then you're it, it's just not right. Right. Yeah. No, I totally get it. Well, listen, man, thank you, you know, for giving us some time here. And uh, again, congratulations on a great career, almost two decades. Incredible stuff. I'm real proud of, you know, everybody knew that your hands were your weapons. You know, you had a, a great boxing background. But what really impressed me over the years was you really did put in the work on the wrestling side of things. And there was, you, there so, came a point where you were very, very difficult to take down. You know what I mean? And I could yeah. tell there's so many guys that are specialists that don't want to do that type of work. And you did. And that was very, very impressive. I, it helped round out your game. I'll tell you a little secret here is I've actually wrestled since I was six years old and I can actually wrestle just as good or better than I can box. Um, I just so choose to stuff the takedown and try to knock people out because mm. that's a fan favorite, right? It sure is. I've, I've, I've almost literally wrestled since I could walk. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Well, I did not know that. Um, because, because from your end, what it looked like was a defense mechanism to yep. just keep, keep you guys on I, the feet and for you to do exactly, your thing. That's exactly what I used my wrestling for was, was the old Chuck Liddell sprawl and brawl. Mm-hmm. Man, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's why I was so difficult to take down because A, my hips are strong. B, I know how to use them. And C, I've wrestled for 30, 30 some years. Yeah. And and lastly, I think you've already clarified on social media um, no ill will towards DC or anything. You, you didn't get a chance to Absolutely. lay down gloves in, in the fashion that people are used to seeing it. But yet yeah, we saw it later on. Yes. Um, so it's a it's a clean exit and absolutely. everything's good like absolutely did you shake hands with executives other fighters the staff like I, what, what were your feelings like as you were leaving i talked to i talked to sean shelby that night and uh, we had we had a pretty lengthy discussion um as far as like retiring i honestly i didn't nobody and again to on dc's behalf nobody in that arena knew i was retiring myself included um, I, I, I think subconsciously we do things because it's just, we know it's the right thing. And I think that's what I was doing with my gloves. I, I, 
I didn't take my gloves off for any specific purpose. I didn't take my gloves off to leave them in the ring. If DC would have turned that mic to me and been like, hey, okay, how's retirement going to be? I, I don't know. What are you retiring? What? No, I just lost the fight. But I, I think subconsciously I knew deep down it was time. And uh, the gloves came off. I didn't quite know it in that moment. But um, sitting down and, and thinking about not having fun when I'm in a training camp, but having fun while I'm in the gym because I want to be there, kind of kind of put the nail in the coffin. And I, and I talked with my, with my head coach, Mark, and I told him that same thing. I said, Mark, I'm done. This is it. And he said, no, no, just, just, just wait till we get back to the hotel. We've had this discussion before. Just wait till we get back to the hotel. We'll talk about it. I said, Mark, I only have fun when I want to be in the gym, not when I have to be in the gym. He said, yeah, you're done. He said, absolutely, you're done. So mm-hmm. at, at that point in time, it was kind of the gloves came off for a reason, but I didn't quite know it yet. Yeah, got it. Um, you'll still be around like maybe to Vegas or like, uh, do you become a fan? I, I know we talked about the coaching side, so not maybe that type of affiliation, but will you be uh, in in Vegas, you know, from time to time, taking in shows or when the UFC comes to Chicago? When they come to Chicago, for sure. If they want to fly me to Vegas, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but but like I said, the majority of my time is going to be going to be spent on family. And uh, we're actually we're, we're leaving for four days here on Saturday. We're going fishing. Then the following weekend, we're going camping. And I've got I've got something every week for the rest of the summer till the boys go back to school that we're going to we're going to do some shit. You already informed USADA. Did you go through through that yep. as well? Yep. Yeah, they sent they sent me. I actually just got an email. The UFC must have informed them because I got an email that said, "Listen, we, you, you need to understand if you're going to retire, there could be serious repercussions. If you want to get back in, six months in the testing pool, blah 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 blah." Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. It's that it's that simple. Even you know, I, I just not that I don't want to compete. I don't want to compete fighting anymore. It's it's. Mm-hmm it's time to turn that page. You know, maybe, maybe I'll go wrestle some, some old man tournaments or I'll go yeah. do some, some grappling tournaments, but fighting wise, boxing wise, anything, anything combat wise, anything combat. I'm talking about wrestling here. Um, anything that involves punching and kicking competition wise. Right. I'm done. And I, and I told Sean that from a long time ago that when I am done fighting with the UFC, I am done fighting. I'm just done. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that simple. I'm going to, I'm going to stop fighting and I'm going to retire while I'm on top. And when I say on top, I mean fighting for the biggest organization in the world. Um, it, it just, it's doesn't make any sense for me. A, I, I think it's been a progression of, I just can't take a fucking punch like I used to. Um, and B, why I, I've been on the biggest stage. I've been on the biggest stage. I've done I've done things that one percent of people fighting MMA wish they could do. Right. And and um, just be done with it. Well, and, and yeah, like you say, you have reached the top. You won a major title, you know, for a major organization. And then when that organization moved to the UFC because they didn't have your weight classes, you know, like I said, you hung a lot of skins on that wall because you Absolutely. laid a lot of guys out. You know what I mean? And there's sure. some epic KOs that you'll leave us with the slam that we talked about. So I think you accomplished everything you wanted to, and this is great that you can kind of exit because you want to, not because somebody doesn't want to resign you or, you know, a doctor's telling you whatever you're leaving on your own terms. I think that's outstanding. That was my, my biggest, my biggest, um, I guess my wish is that I get to walk away on my own terms and not because I'm cut and not because I'm, 
you know, uh, there, I mean, there's been times before where I've told Sean, listen, if you're going to cut me, tell me so I can just quit. Let me, let me do this. Let me do this sure. my way. Um, you know, so it's, I'm very thankful. I'm thankful to them and I'm thankful for, for everything they've done and allowing me to ride this out and walk away when I'm ready to. Yeah. And I don't think you need to do too much uh, working out in the gym in case someone jumps you, because I think everybody <laughs> knows how a corn fed hillbilly gets down. So I don't think anyone's <laughs> going to be bugging you or your family. Right. Absolutely. You, re you remember that epic uh, finish I, to an interview we had, right? I do. I love it. I think we I use do. it as a headline and everything. So <laughs> we'll always remember you by that. And we hope we, we run into you, uh, you know, while we cover the sport, you've, like I say, you're one of the classy ones in the sport, and we thank you very much for your time today. Anytime, you guys. I'm at your disposal. Anytime you want to chat, I'm I'm open. Thank you, sir. All right, and enjoy that vacation that's coming up. Absolutely. Thank you, gentlemen. Take care, Eddie. See you. Have a good day. That's how a corn-fed hillbilly gets down, goes. We should have known that all along. You can't argue anything he said. You know, like, you can't even say, like, shouldn't you think it over more? Like, he, he kind of laid it out there perfectly. Like, it's it's time to go. The words came out of his mouth. I don't take the punches like I used to. Fans are cruel. You know, they'll say, I guess chinny isn't like the worst, worst thing. But yeah, I mean, we're all on the same wavelength. You're older. You've taken damage. I mean, who's going to be the same? You know, th the other day goes, I was reading Rafael Nadal, the, uh, the Spanish tennis player. His foot's messed up. The one that I guess he... You know, you serve off one end and then you got to go to the other end and pivot and, and plant. And, and you know, he's saying that he's going to need a surgery because he won't be able to walk the same. And so there's a difference between the foot and the brain because the foot, you can still, you know, remember your kids' names and and create memories or whatever. The brain, obviously, that can go a different way. So it was a health decision for him, but he also stated Many times, I'm just going to the gym was not fun. He knew it was time. Almost two decades, a major belt. Bravo for him. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good person, dude. There's like, there are a few people in this sport that are honestly just good people. And I think he's one of them. And I was actually shocked to learn that he's been a full-time firefighter this whole time. Remember, mm -hmm. there's been times where Stipe wasn't a full-time firefighter. Like a lot of these guys, uh, the firehouse will allow them to kind of go away and do you know how tough it is to be a full-time firefighter and an MMA fighter? That's that's pretty remarkable. I agree. All right, finishing things up on Saturday night, it's UFC uh, fight night. So remember I told you we can call it a lot of things. It's a fight night. It's on ESPN 38. It's this, it's that, whatever, man. There's fights on Saturday, UFC. That's the bottom line. Armin Tasukian versus Mateus Gamron in the main event. Neil Magny against Shavkat. Rachmanov in the co-main event. So goes at the top. We don't have that popular name billing, but these are studs, man. 18 and two versus 20 and one. And remember the Chandlers, the Gaethje's, the Oliveras, they're not going to be around forever. You know what I mean? Like, you know, a lot of them are starting to creep up on the mid thirties to higher thirties. And some have gone like Habib Nurmagomedov. Some go and come back, like Conor McGregor. I know Poirier's probably got to be coming towards the end of his run. Uh, Lausanne, uh, Cowboy, Ferguson. You know, the, these two guys are the future, man, or at least part of it. You know what, though, George? They're, 
There are three cards this weekend, okay? Something's got to go. That's a lot of MMA you're asking somebody to watch. Something's got to go. And honestly, if I had to pick one this weekend, I think it would be the UFC card. Possibly. Yeah, as far as the name value goes, because the PFL has playoffs on the line and Bellator has a title fight. But I think think I'll be watching. We'll see. We got the dual TV set up, so... Watching PFL and Bellator at the same time is easy, right? But let's say I watched none of them, and then I had to come back during the weekend and and watch stuff. I'd watch the UFC main event, and then I'd watch PFL because a lot of that matters as far as the playoffs. I'd watch Musasi's title fight, and then after that, I guess I'd just have to go off of. But yeah, I, I PFL pops to me. You know what I'm saying? Because of the star, the, the the names and the playoffs, mm-hmm. and then after that, I think I'm jumping around between UFC and Bellator. Yeah. Um, so some of the big names, just so everybody knows, um, on the UFC card, like the Extreme Couture's Chris Curtis, who's just been on fire as a middleweight, even though he's a welterweight, even though he's retired a few times. Much love to Chris Curtis, but he's got Rodolfo Vera, and he even said it out of his words, F, no, I'm not going to the ground with that guy. Umar Nurmagomedov against Nate Manis. That's going to be a good one. Thiago Moises is back. Um, and again, Neil Magny, who's been putting on some time in the sport, he's got Shavkat Rachmanov. This might not go well for Neil Magny, although he is a tough, he's the epitome of a tough out. So this is a true test for Shavkat. Yeah. That's so, I mean, there, there's some fun cards, fights. Don't get me wrong, but uh, you're just asking a lot of time out of people. And I'm definitely tuning into PFL, and there's a lot of matchups on Bellator I like. So I don't know. Shavcat almost feels like it'd be a better nickname, right? Yeah. Remember uh, Tam Tamden McCrory? He was a barn cat, right? Yeah, that was a great nickname. I love that. A barn cat. The first time you hear it, you're like, what the fuck's that? And then you look it up and you because oh, okay, you picture yeah. like you picture a regular cat that's just sitting by the windowsill, all fat. And then you picture a barn cat, like nobody tells him when to come home or when. Like, he's doing whatever the fuck he wants. And if you walk in, you better ask for permission. Mm-hmm. Even the dogs don't go in the barn because they don't want to deal with yeah. the, the barn cat. I got mm-hmm. you. All right, folks, we got to get on out of here. Uh, thank you so much, as always. The time you commit to listening to the show really, really means a lot. And uh, it doesn't go unnoticed. So we really would love to just mention that almost every time, if at all possible, because... Like, this has been quite a ride, and I've met it many times. A lot of you have have uh, been been with it, been, been on it with us for a long time. But I want to give a shout-out goes to um, Rene, all right? Rene Valdez, he had some nice words to say in terms of uh, our show being the best in the business. This is via Instagram. I just put a simple post that, yeah, I, I really like the the background, you know, the the MMA Junkie Radio logo and stuff like that. And I think I was trying to show off that I got rid of that ugly beard, got a haircut, started looking at least civilized a little. So I posted something, but uh, Rene Valdez had some some nice words. But uh, also another shout out to Destin Marlowe, also kind words towards the show. So those are via the Instagram. Uh, app uh, application i guess whatever it's called 
And finally, I just found this out yesterday. I got to give a shout out to my buddy, Woody. He pointed out that MMA Junkies on TikTok. I didn't even know, Ghost, because I'm not on TikTok. Did you know that? Uh, I just found that out this week. Yeah. And so I looked, and I think we just recently started it. It's got like 2,000 followers. And yeah, please give us a follow there. Uh, I'm not sure how TikTok works. Maybe I should get in there. Who knows? Our cousin's actually one of the big influencers on TikTok. I mean, not like 200 million followers, but she's over a million. And that's how it all started. Uh, I have a lot of friends that are fans of my cousin. One passed away, but he may have been her biggest fan. <laughs> Strawby. Hey, is cousin Connie going to be there? Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, Connie P, if you want to check her out on, on Instagram. I know she goes by that, I guess, with some of the work that she does um, as a J-Lo um, impersonator or, yeah, tributor or something like that. So check it out. Nice, nice lady. Um, I mean, she's our cousin, so nice gal, whatever you want to call it. And um, and yeah, check out TikTok, but uh, Instagram and we're everywhere. And and I got to make a quick plug for YouTube.com forward slash MMA Junkie Video. We do a lot of work there. Check out Spinning Back Click with Goes and I every Tuesday. All right, folks, we are out here. Enjoy the week. Tons of MMA out there. Keep it locked on MMA Junkie. You know we'll be there to cover it, and we'll see you all on Monday show. Until then, go out and be a champion. <laughs>